This is a podcast from Your Dubai 92. Hey, it's George and Kitch. Welcome to another podcast episode. On this week's, we have, as usual, movie recommendations and also our take on the Netflix sensation, The Last Dance. And Kitch was not happy, to say the least. No, not at all. I think that why you would include Justin Timberlake... Well, look, you can listen to the podcast and find out for yourself. Get into it. Oh, back to the Justin Timberlake issue. (laughs) Producer Rog was very happy this week after Two Topic Tuesday and Kitch had a moment of joy after the news quiz. Let's just say they call me Federer around here. Roger Federer, the news quiz. No one does that. If you want to get in touch with us at all, you can email breakfast at Dubai92.com. It's your Dubai 92 breakfast with George and Kitch. Time for an inspirational thought and who better to go to today than Steve Jobs. A man who I admire so much, yet I'm also conscious did have a little bit of a dark side. Yes. He said, though... Ignoring the dark side for the moment. My favourite things in life don't cost any money. It's really clear that the most precious resource we all have is time. And that obviously stands true at any point, but especially right now when maybe you feel like you've got too much time, all this time and nothing to fill it with, it is worth filling it. It is worth doing something. It is worth making the effort to get on with family and friends, even if they're driving you absolutely insane. When he was slowly dying, I think it was pancreatic cancer that took Steve in the end. Yes. Here he is, heralded as one of the most successful, influential, inspirational men on the planet. And he was slowly dying with cancer. And he, and he made those famous statements where he said, I've got everything a man could dream of, but I haven't got my health. Can't buy health. And he just went through those positive things of sometimes the best medicine is just sunlight, happiness, laughter, memories, you know, these are the things. And it's like going back to it, it's time. It's all those basic things. And it's mindful of, you know, we've been chasing so many material objects over the past how many decades of our lives that we go through this period of our time, we realise how important the little things are. Like most men these days, you take away sport from them and what do they produce it with? They start baking things like they never have. And people are just realising the little things. Yeah. I mean, you might want the sport back so they stop doing the terrible baking. But, you know, (laughs) whatever it is that your situation is, I think it's really easy to fall into wishing your life away at the moment, just waiting for it to be over and just getting through the weeks. But you know what? We might be in this for a lot longer than we want to be. So we need to find a way to make the most of the time. Yep, I think that's a good one. Good quote from Steve Jobs. All we have is time. It's your Dubai 92 breakfast with George and Kitch. The last two episodes of episodes of the Netflix documentary The Last Dance. It's all about the basketball sport. And <laughs> you Kitch... sounds so convincing saying that. <laughs> I love it. Nothing to do with the sport, just love a documentary. You found an error, a glaring fault. Well, if anyone who hasn't seen it, this is part of the trailer. This is just something that's going to absorb you and get you in. Our biggest challenge is us. I am cursed with this mentality of competitiveness. Competition was an addiction. Every day was a battle. Dennis, get up here. Boom. They don't hear it. See Dennis for 48 hours. No matter what we did, it seemed like it was a story. Scotty was being selfish. Yeah, just it's amazing, isn't it? It's recapping so much of the final year, 1997-98 season of the Chicago Bulls, when they followed Michael Jordan 
for an entire year with absolutely everything we did, everything he did. And it is amazing that, as you were saying, George, it's not just about basketball, it's about how someone is so competitive, they're playing games with their security guard before they go out in front of 25,000 people to play for the World Championship. This is what I like about documentaries. They're about people. And Michael Jordan is fascinating in the insight into quite how competitive he is. For example, before a game, he would take what he felt was a huge amount of disrespect. I mean, literally the slightest knock or even he'd just make it up so that he had something to wind himself up enough about to go out and completely annihilate the other team. And he did. He fabricated stuff and he will admit to it now with a smile on his face, but it worked for him. Well, yeah, we, well, we were talking with some friends over the weekend, the incident about Carl Malone, who was a basketball player he took on, on one of the final series, played for Utah, Carl Malone, and they saw each other in the middle of the series at a restaurant and Michael Jordan saying, Carl Malone's sitting there in the restaurant and he doesn't even bother to come over and say hello to me. <laughs> Not, oh, should I say hello to him? Should yeah. he come over? And Carl Malone said, this is, just be, this is just bull because if I had have said hello, Jordan would be in the documentary series going, I can't believe in the middle of the series he came over and said hello. He has the nerve to come to my table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. That's you didn't need to do anything. You didn't need to do a thing and he could find something in it to hate you for the rest of his days. And this is where my gripe is with the documentary. There is so much amazing footage that was apparently lost of following the world's greatest ever basketballer through every second of every minute of every hour of every day for an entire season. Yet... They take up 25 seconds to tell me that Justin Timberlake likes sneakers. I don't care. Actually, I remember thinking very much, I don't care at that point as well. Just show me him just flipping coins backstage, shooting hoops. Just that's what I want to see. I don't care about all these other people and how much they enjoyed seeing Jordan. No. I just want to see the Jordan stuff. I did like it when they panned around and showed all the celebrities at one of the big matches. I liked that. But I don't need to know how Justin Timberlake feels about footwear. That's irrelevant to me in this. Yeah. And, yeah. and, 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 and here's the documentary series saying, oh, but we couldn't fly all the way to Perth to go interview Luke Longley, who was the starting centre for the 1998 series, uh, because that would cost too much money. Yet they find time to interview Justin Timberlake about sneakers. <laughs> It's a little bit of a gripe. Ooh. A little bit of a gripe. He's done a Michael Jordan and he's going up against Netflix and he will never end. No, well, just some of these people... I mean, I'm not even that interested in what Bill Clinton has to say. I just want to hear the Jordans... Just want to see Jordan. Oh, Bill Clinton fascinates me as well. Well, yeah, I mean, we could watch a series of Bill Clinton and be as equally as obsessed by it. You could give me enough offshoots from this documentary to last me for the rest of the year. Well, people, I think that just shows you the most fascinating story is people. We want to watch... It, it, of all the characters you've seen, it's got to be the Dennis Rodman story you want to see next. Hasn't it just? And please, just the weekend in Vegas, I want it real time. And I want... No, I don't want access to everything, actually. I've just stepped back from the edge of the cliff. I don't want to see everything. Yeah, so this is the player who asked for 48 hours off because he was a bit of a wild child and decided to go away for five days and Jordan had to get him out of his hotel room despite there being other people in there. Come and lecture. Yeah, come and lecture yeah. and then make his way back to training. What a great scene. That's, that's what you want to see. Tonight's the night, the big one. Not Tim Blake. Well, let's hope the last two episodes don't have any of that fluff, like Tim Blake talking about sneakers, and then we can enjoy the last two episodes of The Last Dance. I want my 25 seconds about Netflix. I'm going to miss it on Mondays now, so I've decided I'm going to have to replace that with a classic movie each week. Like, decide beforehand so I've got something booked in, because every Monday was, you know, Last Dance Day. Appointment TV viewing. It focuses on the Chicago Bulls and their time as the 1998 champions trying to go six in a row. And the thing that's always uh, 
frustrated me is that growing up in Australia, we looked up to the Australian basketball player Luke Longley. There'll be a statue for this guy one day because when you think about it, this could be the greatest sporting team in history. I say I'd never even heard of Luke Longley. And he wasn't even in the series. So you had five members that were part of that. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. He was he was in there. Uh, there was also Ron Harper and Luke Longley. They were the five, starting five in the greatest TV series in history. And you're seeing features on Steve Kerr and all these bit players. And Luke Longley is a three-time NBA champion. Which begs the question, what did he do to Michael Jordan that he couldn't then be in the series? Well, he does live in quite a remote place. He lives five hours out of the Australian city of Perth. He basically lives in the Australian desert. So much so, if you send him an email, could take you a couple of days to reply because he's got to wait for the satellite to get above his house. He is so far out. I mean, does he have like a Flintstones car and it would take him five weeks to get to civilization? Well, Netflix said we didn't interview him because he's not a good storyteller and he doesn't know how to tell any stories. So instead, they hate that guy. So instead, they focused on Tony Kukoc. Look, he, he did an interview with an Australian journalist called Mark Howard. The podcast is called The Howie Games, if you want to check it out. And this is part of what Luke Longley had to say about what it was like training and playing with Michael Jordan. In my best, I was three games out of four. I was good, you know, and probably on average two games out of four. I never saw Michael play a bad game ever, even when we're beating New Jersey in New Jersey by 40 in this first half. Michael's still out there trying to find the next person to rip, you know, next person to... to he just had an appetite. I used to call it a bloodlust, you know. It was like a, you know, like a, some sort of a predator stalking up and down outside a cage of goats, you know, just wow. let one out, let one out, <laughs> look, looking at the next bench, waiting, seeing which one he could devour, you know. Wow. Guys sitting on the bench trying not, trying not to look at the coach <laughs> if they put me in. Yeah, that's how ruthless he was. But, I mean, this man, you can interview him, he can barely string a sentence together. I mean, no. that was just a couple of random words. It didn't make any sense at all. The dear no, I can oh, completely Netflix were right. So it's nothing to do with the Michael Jordan feud. He just, I mean, he barely knows English language. Yeah, exactly. If you do want to check out the podcast, the full one, you can search it for uh, Luke Longley and Mark Howard. There's a whole hour where he's happy to sit down and retell more stories about what life was like with Michael Jordan. Your Dubai 92 Breakfast with George and Kitch. If you are currently single and are ready to mingle, but not in person, socially distanced, now could be the time to get yourself on a dating app. And I say this because the celebrities, they're at home in lockdown as well all around the world, and they're going on the apps. There's a few... I mean, let's be generous and say Z-listers in the UK that are definitely on them, but you'd want to avoid them. But... Just tell me the name of the app. I want to get this app. Rising Stars. Well, you're going to have to find the app. That's the thing. You're probably going to have to go on a few of them and search Mm, around. Okay, okay. Hey, it might be worth to wait. Matthew Perry is now back on a high-profile dating app. He broke up with his talent agent girlfriend, Molly, and he is ready... So he's on, this is called Raya. It's an invite-only service. Apparently it's more exclusive than Tinder because Tinder is, in fact, not at all exclusive because anyone can sign up. So he's on that. And if he's on that and people know about it, then there'll be others. Is this Raya spelt R-A-Y-A? Yes. Okay, yes. I've, I've never heard of it. I have heard of Tinder. So, yeah, Matthew Perry's, and actually he's looking better these days, not... Not what he once was, but slightly less bloated. So I think there's going to be a lot of others as well. I first heard of this a couple of years ago. When was it? It was in 2018 because Shane Warne admitted that this is the app he uses. So this could be the one to go for then. 
How to get invited, that I can't help you with. Yeah, this was late last year. It was Aussie cricket legend Shane Warne admitted he secretly used a celebrity dating app, Raya, R-A-Y-E. The Spin King, uh, this comes from uh, the newspaper reporter in Melbourne who just turned 50, is the latest high-profile name on the app after Olympia Valance, who's an uh, Australian, admitted she met her boyfriend who was an Australian rules footballer on the app. Warne acknowledged, because the thing we love about Warney as Aussies is that he's just an open book. He just says it. You're not meant to tell people you're on it. Yeah. That's the exclusivity. But Warney <laughs> just goes, oh, yeah, I've been using that for a while. R-A-Y-A, Raya. But it's invitation only. It is. But if you pop it into Google, there are tips on how to get that invitation. You are going to have to work for it. But if you want an A-lister, you've just got to put a bit more effort in, you know? Oh, this is... I'm going to download it right now. This is, uh, this is my mission for today, is to try and get on Raya. You're just going to give yourself one day to get the invite. That's... Is optimism, and I like it, my well, friend. Well, you know, I've got a, I can just, I'm a, I'm a multimedia device celebrity. I can spin something and, and get myself on there. Yeah, I mean, the people that you'll be joining, the likes of Joe Jonas has been on there, Cara Delevingne, Lily Allen, Ben Affleck has been spotted on the app more than once, even Channing Tatum. So if that's the level that you're getting, it could well be worth the effort. Yeah, I'm sure I could, you know falsify those claims for about a day <laughs> before someone realises the truth. All you need is to get a foot in the door and then you're sorted. Raya, R-A-Y-E, and their logo looks very similar to MasterCard, but that's another copyright issue. OK, I'm going to be looking into it. Your Dubai 92 Breakfast with George and Kitch. I'm mainly watching Zombies in The Walking Dead, but I need a break every now and then because it's, it's a big commitment. Nine it's seasons. It's emotionally taxing. <sighs> There's a lot. There is a lot. And it's they've just got this new character in and I cannot bear him. So I had a break and I watched Trial by Media. It's a documentary and it's about media. It ticks all the boxes Who's for me. It? What it is, you've got six episodes. Each episode focuses on a different famous case. So you've got like the Jenny Jones talk show murder. You've also got um, what they call the Subway Vigilante. Um, and there's one about a politician okay, who okay. was found to be taking money where he shouldn't have done and try and buy things, including one of Barack Obama's old seats in the Senate. So completely different. They are like isolated episodes. So I wouldn't recommend binge watching it. I tried and it, it does get quite a lot. So just have a look and pick the one that interests you. Also, oh, it's not it's, it's it's not linear. You can no, just pick and choose. No, the other it's one. just six completely different cases, basically where the media media's impact had quite a difference. They think like heavily covered famous trials. The first ones to be entirely covered by TV in the states, things like that. It's executive produced by George Clooney. And looking at, did the media play an outsized role in justice or lack thereof? Should it have been reported to that extent? And also looking at the people who were the suspects, how they tried to use media to their advantage and the age-olds being built up by the press. And then when you get there, they're going to knock you down and you don't see it coming. It's fascinating, actually, looking at it from a different angle. It's amazing how many times the media do build that up. They build up someone and then they go, we need a new story, we need a new angle. Everyone wants to read about this person. Well, why don't we make him out to be a bad person? Great, that'll sell newspapers for the next couple of days. You know that guy that everyone thinks is great? Let's have him. It's exactly that. It's really good. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah. it's available where? 
Netflix. Netflix, Netflix, Netflix is on the top ten of the UAE at the moment. The film I watched over the weekend was one of the classics from 1987 entitled The Princess Bride. I want to hear about this because I had it confused with The Princess Diaries. No. Yeah, I think I got it really wrong when you first brought it up. Well, it is a romantic comedy, but I loved it because uh, the film kicks off with Fred Savage from The Wonder Years sitting in his bed being really sick. Is he a boy? He's a boy, tiny boy, six or seven years old. Because I can't really deal with him as a man. No, Do you know what I mean? Kind of became Brilliant. his dad overnight. And Peter Falk, Columbo, walks in. Oh, just one more thing. Granddad's here to read you a story. And he gets out a book and he reads him the story of The Princess Bride. And as Peter Falk is talking, the movie is then acted out, set in the 1700s. Is this, is this quite Disney? No, no, not Disney at all. It was directed by Rob Reiner, one of my favourite directors, who'd previously made Spinal Tap before he made this movie. Right, so it's not like fairy tale, everything is wonderful, it's it's a proper plot. Yeah, it's a proper plot. So okay. the, it is the fairy tale. There is the prince uh, who no one likes, who is the enemy, and he wants to marry the young farm girl. And the farm girl is kidnapped uh, by a group of people, including Andre the Giant, who uh, has a bit of a cameo, and also Mandy Patinkin, who plays Inigo Montoya. And that's why Mandy Patinkin, as Inigo, has one of the most famous lines... In movie history. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Oh, I love that movie. Hello. Great Spanish accents. Yeah, that is good. From Mandy Patinkin. So he's in there. Uh, there's some great cameos. Billy Crystal has an incredible role in the film as well. And is it, Bill Murray in it? No, Bill Murray is not oh. in. Not Bill Murray is not in the Princess Bride. Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits does the soundtrack. Sold. So there's all these absolute bangers that are in there as well, and it's a it's a weird comedy spoof on a fairy tale. Prince Rapunzel sort of storyline that interspersed as, as soon as it starts getting too mushy. You stop and you go back from the 1700s and Fred Savage is there as a kid going, Granddad, I didn't want kissing. And then they have these ongoing jokes and then they get back into the storyline. Okay, interesting. I'm not quite sure what to make of it, but it sounds like something that I should put on the list to watch. Buttercup is played by Robin Wright, best known for playing the, uh, the president's wife in the House of Cards. And Carrie Ells is in it, the uh, English actor known for being in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. <laughs> Ah, the, the Mage Marion. It's it's one of the great classics, The Princess Bride. I thoroughly recommend you looking it up this week. Not to be confused with The Princess Diaries. Mm, Imagine no. my shock when I thought that's your favourite that you had rewatched. No, of course not. So check that one out this week. It would be a good one to, I reckon, see if you were going to the drive-in. That's where producer Roger went this week. Saturday night at the movies. We were singing that all the way there. We drove up to Mall of Emirates. and um, Avoiding any toll roads. Avoiding toll. Of course, drove up to the roof of the car park along a red carpet. We drove in. Oh, that's pulled cool. into our space and we watched a film which Vox Cinemas had put on. And so they've put the screen up underneath Ski Dubai. So you're out in the open. You're not in the car park. You're on top of the car park. And so as the lights go down, as the sun sets, you turn your lights off. Some people didn't, but they need to learn how to work their cars properly. The movie comes up and you get the audio through your radio because you tune it into a certain frequency it was such a cool experience i really really enjoyed it highly recommend that experience did you did it start on time did you get any previews was it all the same things started on time i got very excited because the james bond preview is on that (gasps) looks brilliant the top gun maverick was uh trailer was on it was excellent and the film i watched 
Now, we got confused earlier with The Princess Bride and The Princess Diaries. I watched The Way Back. Not the 2010 Colin Farrell way back. Not the 2019 Francisco Barlotti way back. Not the way, way back from 2013 with Sam Rockwell, which I highly recommend. It's a very funny film. But the brand new Ben Affleck way back. It's uh, from 2020. He plays Jack Cunningham, a man who is on the way back from a really dark time in his life through basketball. Here's a clip. Ever since I heard the howl and wind. I suppose you're wondering why I called you over here. We need a new coach, Jack. And you know your gifts seem heaven sent. Is the team any good? No. The last time they made the playoffs, back when you were playing. I don't know how you house the sin. So how you like the coaching so far? Great. Just getting used to the players. What players? So it's it's very timely, right? You've got The Last Dance on Netflix. There's a load of other uh, documentaries on Netflix as well, like Last Chance You and Basketball or Nothing, where they follow a college or a high school basketball or American football team for a season, and they get into the lives of the players and the coaches. Also cheer. Cheer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's, it's a dramatised version of that. Um, he plays Jack Cunningham, who was a basketball superstar, has gone on to harder times, but basketball is kind of his redemption. Can I hazard a guess that he has a slight attitude problem? He has an attitude problem. Hey! Definitely. How did you pick that? Does. Just um, out, of the, out of the nothing, really, yeah. you know. Ben Affleck's really, really good in it. There's there's a whole cast of kids that I've never the, seen he before. He hasn't They're made excellent. a good movie in a while, Ben Affleck. He's been yeah. silent for a long time. But he has made money. Oh, oh yes. yes, yes. But what is money when there's no reputation, hey? Yeah. I put it to you. Yeah, I'm going to go with the money. But uh, <laughs> but I like, it's kind of like um, oh, your man from Boston, Marky Mark. You know what yeah. you're guessing with their films. It's going to be yeah. a thriller. It's yeah. going to be, you know, like this one. It's going to be slightly emotional. And then towards the end, he becomes a nicer person, but he's still a little rough around the edges. Yeah. You've just completely <laughs> sewn it up completely. I think you've got to be into sport. There's quite a lot of technical stuff in it, you know, but it's still good. It's a good drama. I enjoyed it. 58. 58 out. I, nearly, I nearly gave it 60, but 58. Out you can check out The Way Back if you want to. It's your Dubai 92 Breakfast. With George and Kitch. George, I'm still getting through the day on cold showers. Is it actually cold? Because that in itself is quite impressive. I can barely get any cold water from my shower. I have to have it right to the right. Oh, no, mine's And then it's still pretty warm. No, mine's cold. Wow. So I think this is the first country I've lived in. Well, I might have a bit of a cold shower sometimes. Last night I just opened the windows and opened the doors and everything and got the hot air in. Yeah, you'd not be cold for long. No, and then you had the, uh, you, you got the, uh, the shower on and it was, it was great. So is it just you? Yeah, it is just me because it was leaking and actually tearing apart uh, some of the, what's the word for it? Some of the, it's not lino, just some of the actual roof of the ceiling was leaking through. And the gaffer tape didn't work. Yeah, the gaffer tape didn't work. Yeah, gaffer tape over a whole night. But hopefully when I get back, it's part of the priority. It's finish the last dance and then knock off a hot shower as well. It's going to be a great day today. I can't wait to get out of here. Just don't overdo it because you can easily come out with third-degree burns from some of these showers. It's like really quite warm, scalding. Well, yeah, but but it only it does only last ten minutes. Like what, the like, heat. Yeah. So I, I've known. I've tried after I've done a workout and I've wanted a long shower. Once that ten minutes is up, the hot water's gone. I can't have a long shower in my place. I think I would pass out. Generally, it's that warm. You start feeling a bit like ooh. See, my grandfather taught me when, and this is a dead set lie, taught me when I was a kid, if you, you want to iron your shirt and there's no iron, you hang, hang it up. up in the bathroom. It's never worked for me. I've never tried it. 
never, it doesn't work. It just, it just makes everything crinkly and damp. So you do have to iron it then? So you do have to iron it. The better technique, this is the other one he told me being an old bushy, was that if you don't have an iron, put it under the mattress before you go to sleep. Turns what your bed frame's like though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But that worked much better. So if you haven't got any hot water and you want to do some ironing, put the clothes under the mattress, kids. That's what you need to do. Or just never wear shirts. Well, that'll do as well. Although I think one of the best things about Dubai is certainly over summer, you don't have to iron your clothes. You just walk outside in the humidity. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, perfectly ironed when I left the house and it all happened. It's your Dubai 92 breakfast with George and Kitch. It's the time of the week you've been hanging out for. The boss describes it as his favourite part of the show. This is where we have two topics and two of us out of the three in the studio need to find a creative way in order to link them all together. George, you are the undisputed champion so far, only losing once in, what, nine weeks? Today you've been setting the topics. Not a bad record. It's my turn to set the two unrelated topics for each of you two today. And for Kitsch, I decided on Raya, the app that we were talking about yesterday. <laughs> I will leave the rest of the information to you. And finishing on Crocs, please, the um, popular item of footwear. For our producer, Roger, it's the Corby, Corby Trouser Press to Hidden Easter Eggs. The Corby Trouser Press. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, my grandfather had one of those. What a selection of topics we have this week. Kitch, are you ready to go first? I am ready to go. Ready Please to go. Please begin. Raya to Crocs. Raya is an app that you will find on iOS devices. They are Apple devices and it is a dating app. It is a difference because it is a dating app that no one is meant to know about. Unlike other more popular dating apps such as Tinder or Bumble or Happen, Raya is a private, membership-only app which also features professional quote-unquote networking for members of the entertainment industry. People on there are like Matthew Perry from Friends, Shane Warne, but they are the only ones who have announced because part of the code is Raya is that once you are on, you are never meant to mention it to anyone. Funnily enough, I still can't get entry into it. <laughs> Amazing. If you do want to be in Raya, it does cost you $7.99 a month. $7.99 a month is also what Amazon Prime costs. Amazon Prime is a streaming service of what is now the wealthiest company on earth. Amazon. Amazon started out as a company in the mid-1990s that only sold books, music and videos. But now it is their domain for all people who want to sit on the backsides and order things they don't need via their phone whilst binge-watching other things on Amazon Prime. Hello, that's me. Genius, really. Jeff Bezos is the CEO. He is the world's wealthiest man with an estimated net worth of $148 billion billion dollars. He recently settled his divorce to ex-wife Mackenzie for a settlement worth $38 billion. It is leaps ahead of the next largest divorce in history, which was Alex Wilderstein and Jocelyn Wilderstein. Back in 1999, they had a divorce worth $3.8 billion. Jocelyn Winderstein, better known as the plastic surgery catwoman, broke records back in 1999. 1999 was the year we all thought life would end, all thanks to the Y2K bug. In 1999, <coughs> there was a fear that all computer clocks would revert to 1900, as those early geeky computer nerds misunderstood that 99 to 100 wouldn't mean 1999 to 2000, but 1999 
1900. These nerds also forgot the Gregorian calendar rule that determines whether years that are exactly divisible by, by 100 are not leap years. However, in reality, there is a rule in the Gregorian calendar system that states years divisible by 400 are also leap years, thus making 2000 a leap year. Clear as mud? Good. Mud is often described as a combination of soil and water. <laughs> really, it's just dirt and water. Many animals such as worms, frogs, snails, crayfish live and thrive in mud. As a kid, I loved mud and mud pies, making them, throwing them, but they were always so messy. But what I've learned is that anyone who spends a lot of time in mud needs only one thing. Crocs. Not the animals, but the very unsexy and socially unacceptable shoe. Crocs are a shoe that were launched in 2002 and have become somewhat of a global social icon. They're known for their unique style of having holes in to let the air in. Over 100 million Crocs have been sold over time, giving advice to anyone in society the excellent knowledge of at a party knowing who not to talk to. Quite right. Quite right. What, what a... Uh, wow. What a range we had there. I mean, we started off with all the online services, Jeff Bezos and how much money he has. The divorce settlements, very interesting there. Plastic surgery, Y2K, how foolish we were in hindsight. Also the Gregorian calendar and then you're shoehorned in the next bit with the clearest mud, which mm. I liked. We will get there no matter how. Um, that, that was impressive. Were you impressed, Producer Rog? I was very impressed. I'll, just because I was thrown with Jeff Bezos's net worth mid mid flight as you were going taking us through that, I was like, no, that's not right. So I googled yeah. it. I can't believe how much that is. He'll be the world's first trillionaire, will he not? It's not cash. A lot of that's no, 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 equity yeah, yeah. in Amazon, but still, still unbelievable. You're still better than um, we are put together. I imagine many times over. I did think, if I may, uh, adjudicator, um, there was a lot of. Um, opinion rather than fact there. That's so, part of the rules. That's part of the rules. Oh, I love the fact that your competitor is fact-checking you as he goes along. There were facts. I wouldn't say there was opinion. There was no, social commentary. But it's, okay, but I just thought the into the mud and I like mud. And then clear cro- as mud, crocs. it will be. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing. That was, yeah. But, you know, a sterling effort. Yeah, so that, well that tickled done. me, it did. I'm going to go with 76 for Ooh. the clearest mud alone. Oh, what like a way it. to get there. I'm looking forward to this. What a score. Are you feeling nervous? I am. Are you feeling uncomfortable? Because I, I set you down. I'm trying to do my best MJ here. I set you down an unbelievable score that you have to now sit there. There's no point in changing your script. You've got to find a way to beat this score. Do you have it inside you? Oh, the trash talk. I've only I've only proofread half of this, so this could go catastrophically wrong. Well, there's still a lot of points to play for between 76 and 92. No, no, no it's all right because I just got off the phone to your wife telling her that I've already beaten you. Listen, so you to have MJ to think over that. there. <laughs> we have Corby Trouser Press to hidden Easter eggs. Let's find out what you've got. The Corby Trouser Press was immortalised in the UK sitcom I'm Alan Partridge, and rightly so. It's a 20th century marvel, a revolutionary electrical appliance for suit-wearing professionals who insist on a formal appearance to their suit at all times. The press uses heat and pressure between two 1.5-metre upholstered plates to flatten, travel and wear weary trousers and emphasise creases in the fronts of the leg where required. They can be purchased for home use, although they are commonly provided 
provided in hotel rooms worldwide. The Corby Trouser Press is actually a genericized trademark, where a trademark or brand name becomes synonymous with a product or service because of its popularity or significance, much like aspirin, videotape, Hoover, Sellotape and Cat's Eye. The Cat's Eye is a retro-reflective road marking stud used for the road safety, invented by Percy Short in Halifax after the road markings near his home deteriorated. Halifax is an industrial town in West Yorkshire, UK, dating back to the 11th century. It's famous for textiles and Halifax Town FC, not Shrewsbury Town FC. Halifax Town play at Shea Stadium. There is another Shea Stadium. It's the Shea Stadium in Flushing Meadows, the home of the New York Mets until 2008, where the Beatles played in 1965 as part of their second US tour at the height of Beatlemania. The Shea Stadium concert was famously catastrophic because the band's audio was pumped through the stadium's public address speakers and was completely drowned out by the screaming hysteria of over 55,000 fans. This was not, however, anywhere near the loudest concert ever recorded. According to the Rolling Stones magazine article, Turn It Up To 11, the loudest live events ever recorded, that award goes to Kiss in a 2009 concert in Ontario, Canada, which achieved 136 decibels. Now that title, Turn It Up To 11, is an homage to the greatest rockumentary ever made about the greatest rock band ever to walk this earth. This is Spinal Tap. The film follows, follows Spinal Tap on their 1982 US tour to promote their second album, Smell The Glove. I'm not sure if it's their second album. It's their new album, Smell the Glove. In the film, Nigel Tufnell, the band's lead guitarist, takes the director, Martin Marty DeBergie, through his guitar and amp collection and shows him the custom Marshall amplifier that he's had made with level knobs that go all the way up to 11, which he specifically requested so they could turn the amps up louder by turning them up to 11. Now, if you look closely on the IMDb entry for This Is Spinal Tap, you will spot that the film has a review of 8.0, which is very low in my opinion for a film of such quality. But take another look and you will see that this is a mark out of 11, not 10, as you will find with every other film that is reviewed on IMDb. This is a subtle payoff for the eagle-eyed superfan of This Is Spinal Tap, and it stands alongside some of the most rewarding fan-only, if you know, you know, blink and you'll miss them details in movie history. For instance, did you know that Pac-Man features on the video screen maps in Tron? Did you know that director Alfred Hitchcock has placed himself in 39 of his 52 films? Mickey Mouse memorabilia pops up in the Toy Story franchise on numerous occasions. E.T. and his family fly past us in a spaceship in Star Wars Episode One. A red cross foreshadows doomed characters in Scorsese's film The Departed, as do oranges in the same, uh, in the same way in The Godfather. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Easter eggs, which is the term given to a purposely placed, sometimes hidden item message, image or feature in a video game, film, TV or show or website. Never acknowledge until found. It is the Easter egg. My favourite, the Starbucks coffee cup in every scene of Fight Club. Look back, watch the film today, you'll see it. And I've actually put an Easter egg in this Two Topic Tuesday. Rewind back to Halifax. You remember that I mentioned the football team, Halifax Town, and said they're not to be confused with Shrewsbury Town. Well, Shrewsbury Town is the yellow and blue striped football shirt that Spinal Tap's bassist Derek Small wears in most of the film.
I wow. wish I'd proofread that. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I'm going to put it out there. That's my favourite two-topic Tuesday Ever. <laughs> Ever. That was, I mean, we had Alan Partridge, anyone yeah. in radio. Is it, oh, um, uh, my favourite at the beginning was those who insist on a formal appearance. Yes, yes. I loved that. Uh, the Cats Eye, Yorkshire, New yeah. York Mets, Beatles, Kiss, turned up to 11, obviously Pac-Man and the hidden Easter egg in there itself. You know what's funny? Wow. You miss it. Talk about Easter eggs. In Spinal Tap, because you mentioned Rob Reiner, he wore yes. his cap of the USS Missouri. Yes. When he made, he directed The Princess Bride, which Mm-mm. we spoke about this week as the next movie. He asked Mark Knopfler to do the soundtrack, and Mark Knopfler said, yeah, sure, as long as the cap you wore in Spinal Tap <laughs> appears somewhere in the movie. And it did. Uh, Easter eggs all over the place. So good. Beyond impressed. Highest score ever, I think. 90 out of 92. Oh! Because that... Oh! Oh! That's oh! Everything. everything. 90! Yes! I feel like Michael Jordan. Brilliant. Well done, mate. Thank you. Congratulations, Roger. To the victor, get the spoils. You own two Topic Tuesday for this week. (laughs) George and Kitch. On your Dubai 92 breakfast. If you've been Zooming a lot recently and you're sick of that, there's another way for meetings. I found out about this yesterday and I think it is genius. This is courtesy of an author and artist, Vivian Schwartz. She recently took to Twitter to share her experience. She's been organising her team's meetings and they wanted to do something different. So instead of going to Microsoft Teams or Messenger Rooms or any of the above, they went to Red Dead Redemption. What's Red? Can I look this up? Red um, Dead Redemption? It's the online video game. It's um, a bit ye oldy worldy. It's set in America somewhere where you're basically like cowboys and you ride around on your horse and, you know, you either get robbed or you rob people. I've seen this and yeah. I, I thought it was a poster for a Clint Eastwood movie. That's exactly what it looks like. I can't find the words to describe it, but that's... It just looks like a spaghetti... They call it a spaghetti western? With yeah, the I think so. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's that kind of era and you do you ride around on your horse and you build a camp and you, you know, sit by the fire and sleep under the stars and all that jazz. So what they do... Now, you actually, to unlock the free play mode, everyone's got to sit on the game and play it for an hour to get in. But it is what it is. Everyone's got a bit more time in their hands. And then they'll meet around the campfire. And Vivian said, it's nice. You can sit at the campfire, discuss your projects while you've got the wolves howling into the night. Sounds perfect. Absolutely perfect. Now, there are a kind of drawbacks in the way that it's an open world meeting, but no one else can see your chat when you type it. So that bit of it's private. Also, a problem is that sometimes the game kind of forgets that the camp exists and all of a sudden your team is just in the dark woods. But she says that's kind of invigorating. They like that. And technical hitch wise, the one that they found is that sitting on the ground is the same button as trying to strangle someone. Well, that's lovely to know. Sometimes you want to do both. You want to sit down and you want to strangle someone, so that's awkward. No, well, we haven't been out, most people haven't had those thoughts about their employees that they want to strangle, which you sometimes <laughs> get in the workplace. So maybe this is just a way to fill that void. Great excuse, though. I had no problem with my co-worker. I was just trying to sit down. You could go for stuff like Minecraft, but they're saying it's a bit less amusing. And with this one, and I think this is my favourite part of it, apart from the strangling, is that you haven't got that awkward, bye, wash your hands, bye, waving bit at the end, desperately trying to find the red button with your other hand all you do is you jump on your horse and you go off and you do your crime or your justice however you float your boat that is great that is really good it's the future red dead redemption meetings because there's always that one person who doesn't know how to leave the meeting yeah and they just walk away and leave it open and the other aspect is yeah how long is it before you wave that you just 
be that first one off to just cut the cord and be like, but bang, you're gone. <laughs> and then, oh, they still I felt so much me. better at that. They're still talking about <laughs> Ruthless George, you Bye. cut off when you can. It's your Dubai 92 breakfast with George and Kitch. I think it was yesterday, George. I'd, I'd had some very strange dreams about, well, there was a doorbell that was regularly going off in one of my dreams and I couldn't work out why. But you've had some weird dreams lately. Well, no, I was fine until you opened your mouth yesterday. Last night, I had the worst night's sleep that I've had in about two months. And there was an alarm that went off. And I genuinely, I don't know if this was real or not. So I'd already had a nightmare. This is entirely my own fault, so I'm not asking for any sympathy here. Uh, I was eaten alive by zombies. Um, You know, when you put that in the context of a few hours of The Walking Dead every night... Oh, it, it should have been, it should have actually happened sooner. It was to be expected. So that was all right. So I woke up, you know, just, oh, okay. Went back to sleep. And then I'm sure an alarm went off, you know, the woo. And then it stopped. And then a couple of minutes. And then it went off again. And then it stopped. And then a shorter one. So at this point, I got out of bed because you think, well, is this an actual alarm? I've never heard any of the alarms in my building, so I don't know what they sound like. Was it an actual alarm? I still don't know. So I got up, uh, went into the lounge, put the lights on, had a look out of both doors, you know, balcony and and into the corridor, because what else you do? And then I thought, well, I'll, I don't know, I'll just go back to bed and see if anything else happens. I went back to sleep and then I woke up on the hour, every hour until my alarm went off. So well rested, feeling good. Now, which zombies were eating you? The biters, the frighters, the scratchers, the itches? (laughs) Which ones were They're all zombies. Why does no one in The Walking Dead use the Z word? Walkers. They were walkers, yeah. And actually, it was really quite graphic, and I was genuinely, like, half-eaten by the time I woke up, which was brutal. Such is life. But I was in a TV show. Did you jump on the scales in the morning? Because you might have had a more favourable result. I've lost a leg. Look at this. I'm 10 kilos lighter. No more sad step for me. I only weigh two stone. Uh, well, at least the uh, the zombies, you know where they came from. The zombies are getting you, and it's the TV show. Well, I didn't mind that bit. It was the alarm that really freaked me out. I still don't know if it was real or not. I have no idea. I know that I got out of bed and wandered around. Well, I'm now going to get it in your head. The alarm will go off again tonight at exactly the same time. Good luck doing the show on your own in the morning. It'll be fun. George and Kitch. On your Dubai 92 breakfast. Would you give up the shampoo for life and leave it for about six weeks until it starts to self-clean. Six weeks. If you had have asked me six weeks ago when we were going into <laughs> lockdown, I probably would have said yes. Even with the F45 workouts? Mm, yeah. See, what... Yeah, I, I'd, I would have said yes if I had have been able to go swimming in the ocean. At least, you see. Yeah, I get that. But, as things are, would you ever consider it? No, it'd be too crazy. It'd be too horrible. Because someone else has just done it. Now, this theory's been around for a long time. If you don't wash your hair for six weeks, it starts to self-clean. Now, that's it's not the actual facts. Basically, experts say that what happens is that your scalp eventually starts to regulate its oil production. So it's it's kind of self-cleaning, but it's never going to be the same if you give up the shampoo. Would you do it? Uh, No, dear no, never. I would not even consider it. 
Su- um, Susanna Constantine, who's Trini and Susanna. Have you ever heard of them? Oh, yeah, they're the, the, the four ingredients girls. No, they're the fashion ladies. Oh, okay, yes. So Susanna's decided at the start of lockdown that she would ditch the shampoo. Yeah. And it's six weeks later and she's saying, oh, look, it looks great. Yeah, I just don't believe it, to be honest. I'm not saying she's a liar, but does it actually feel great? Does it smell great? Because someone at my school did this and after a few weeks, we did all have to have a word individually and say, look, please... Would you wash that because there was a, the smell? There was an ultimatum. You the smell of it was unbearable. So it wasn't just. I was thinking it would be just greasy and dirty and not look good. You could physically, you could literally smell how bad it was. Yes, I'm not saying that happens in all cases, but it was it was a pungent odor, stung the nostrils. Just shampoo, or could I use conditioner as well? It's not going to get it clean though, is it? The reverse of this is so many Olympic swimmers that from the age of six or seven have spent three hours a day in a chlorine pool Mm -hmm. that just dries out your hair, has then had their body produce 15, 20, 25 times as much hair oil to keep their hair natural. And it's so evident whenever they retire and stop swimming, they're like, I have to wash my hair like four times a day because my body's still producing (laughs) the same amount of oil as if I'm in chlorine for three hours a day where it would dry it out. Because I wash mine a lot. I know people say two or three times a week. I wash it certainly every day after I've exercised, which is at least five a week, because I just can't can't deal with it otherwise. I feel disgusting. And if I go more than two days without washing my hair, if I haven't exercised, I I feel like I'm getting a headache from it. I know it's all psychological, but there's no... I couldn't go one week, let alone six. It's why I can't camp for more than one. One night because it's psychologically I, just, I go insane with it all. Can you wear a cap? You look good with caps on. No, no, because I'll know what's under there. I'm enjoying the fact that one of my isolation purchases was some very expensive Aesop shampoo. Oh. You know, with the mint and eucalyptus and mandarin and all those essential oils. And this is the guy I've become in isolation. No, but I get they're excited worth it. about shampoo. You should get a water filter as well. Oh, I've got one of those. Yeah. Look at him all fancy over no, there with I've, his hot water I've, and his I've, products. I've got the water filter at the bottom and then I've also got one of these blue with like lime crystals in the thing so it comes down. And dolphins that sing from the bathtub. Okay, enough now. You're making me out to be the person <laughs> I don't want to be. It's your Dubai 92 Breakfast. With George and Kitch. I was just having a quick reminisce as uh, producer Roger. Thanks for making a lot of background noise. Yes, yeah, some <laughs> random drum roll. <laughs> Lovely. We were, we're just uh, having a, a, a reminisce about, I don't know how even we got onto the topic. I think it was at Down Downloading songs we were talking about. Roger was moaning about the time of the download, which I pointed out was like the olden days when you actually had to wait. Now you see a blue bar and you're like, oh, how dare you? Because I remember as a kid when we first got the internet and it was on that one, <laughs> it was on that one computer yeah. that we had downstairs. And of course we did have the modem. I think I think we did have it 56k. Did you have 33? Did you, you probably didn't know this. Dude, speeds. I would not have known. Oh, because there were two speeds. There was like 33, and then if you were really fast, uh, you would have 50. I think it was 56k modems, but it was always the the famous sound. Wait for it. <laughs> come on, come on. This was my favourite bit. That bit. Yeah. Success! And then suddenly you could get on ICQ and talk to all of your friends forever. Did you use ICQ? I did not, know. Maybe it wasn't in the UK. It was like the precursor to MSN Messenger. It was the one app you had. You had to have ICQ and Microsoft knew how big it was. They then released a version of their software that had MSN Messenger built in to run ICQ into the ground. Fancy. It, it did, but... 
I remember how long it took to download that first song. 35 minutes. I remember it was Tom Petty, I Won't Back Down. And it was really my motto for downloading. But, I mean, even downloads aside, just to load up a web page, I spent some time in the Falklands and I had to have two laptops on the go just so that I could be loading a web page on one whilst I was looking at one on a different one and that's how I did my radio show. Did you have one phone line at home? Did you have to split it between calls and the internet growing up? At home, yes. And <laughs> we had an old school phone as well. It was the, the manual dial. Oh, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love one of those now. Oh, no, it looks cool. Really cool. The rotary. It takes so long to dial. And it actually hurts your fingers as well. I've got this great so memory of my grandfather having his handwritten address book next to the phone. Yep. And every time he'd ring someone, you'd take the phone off the hook and you put it next to the phone. Yes, while well, you find the number. And then you find the number. Yeah, and then you dial it. You dial it one at a time. Yeah. And then you pick up the phone. So Hello? imagine doing all of that on a phone call that you don't want to make. <laughs> no, well, I, I remember being at school and being so jealous because Malcolm Humphreys. Hate that guy. Had two phone lines. So he was able to use the internet as much as he wanted. You're going to tell me next he had a car phone. No, no. But I do remember that Malcolm Humphreys had it. And we thought, look at this guy. He ended up being some sort of super... Now he's like a super tech IT special effects guy. He sits in his bedroom and makes all the special effects for Hollywood movies mm, at his home. Yeah, making, that's pretty cool. Making millions of dollars. And, oh, because he started off. So being his parents were early adopters. They had two phone lines and it paid off. So there's a lesson for parents out there. And is Malcolm, is he single now? Yeah, I think so, okay. actually. Interesting. Yeah. Malcolm Humphreys, you say? Yeah, Google him now on LinkedIn. It's Will do. It's a wonderful page he's got. He's designed it with all of his special effects. <laughs> Good morning to Texas Tom, who has messaged us in on 4009. And he was saying, howdy, George Kitchen. Roger, my first experience with a computer modem, because we were talking about these before, the old dial-up back in the day and having to wait for things. It was 300 bands and it was through a rotary phone way before Touchtone was invented. That was when he was in the cave, you know. I want to know if Texas Tom was that advanced with technology, how come he's not a billionaire yet? How come he wasn't the first on board? Who says he isn't? Well, that's true, he's from Texas. You have no idea. The sound of the modem was so rewarding, the excitement. (laughs) But the other sound effect I forgot about that he used to get equally excited about was... What's that? The start of Microsoft Windows 95. Oh, my goodness. I haven't heard that for so long. And it was written by, uh, well, fun fact, Brian Eno. That is fun. Who was uh, one member of Roxy Music and went on to become a great music producer for bands like Coldplay and U2. And he was given a really strange brief by Windows to create something exciting but moody yet creative yeah, innovative. You know, one of those. What really... we now call a Sonic. Yeah, well, let's give us some sort of Sonic animation. So, and he only had seven seconds to do it in. One of the best for me, and much more modern than that, the Intel Inside, which I can never oh. remember. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that that's it. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, you used to get that on the end of an advert when it was like Curry's trying to flog you, whatever, and then you get always have to get the Intel Inside bit at the end. Don't know why, I just like it. It's one of my favourite Sonics. In... It was all flashy and modern at the time. It doesn't look it quite so much anymore. I remember because it was one of the first songs I learnt how to work out on the piano. Just sitting there one day with too much time on my hands going, dun, 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 dun. Wow, I went for the one about the sheep. (laughs) (laughs) George and Kitch. On your Dubai 92 breakfast. Well, that's the podcast for this week. Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to get in touch with us, maybe want to give us a mention, maybe want to give us some feedback, good or bad. 
If it is bad, we will come round to your place and we will haunt you. No, that's a threat. I can't say that. But you can always contact us, breakfast at Dubai92.com. Come back next week for more threats. Sayonara, suckers. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from your Dubai 92. Listen live across the UAE on the Dubai 92 app at Dubai92.com or 92FM on your radio.